Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio as we move ever so closely to training camp. We are under a month to the Greenbrier. Oh, it's fabulous. I'm your host this evening, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter, joined by the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how are you? It's four weeks from today that we leave. Yep. Four weeks from today. What? I'm not packed. I've got to get toothpaste. I've got a lot of things to do here, Johnny, before we go. Yes, definitely. We all do. But you're right. Four weeks from Mm -hmm. today and the very next day, four weeks in a day, you and I will be doing our training camp shows, which I look forward to every year. I don't know about you, but I look forward to our training camp shows every year. Well, in fact, this show... Four weeks from tonight, we'll be live from the Greenbrier. That's right. We'll do it from the field because that's what we did last year. We said, let's do a trial run here from the site, from the practice field, the Houston Methodist practice field. When you walked on that field and you saw the venue, Mm -hmm. what were your first thoughts? I thought, well, I was there in May for the advanced trip last year. So to see the progress, because in May, I remember talking to you about this. I said, this field, I thought it was going to be a little bit better than it was yep. but they were just getting through with that with that spring league and i think they did some stuff to it it's kind of like a golf course where they punch the greens and yeah, yeah. and they you know do whatever they do to the course they punch the whole course and it wasn't punched or something but they were doing something to it because when we got there by the time camp started it was phenomenal mm-hmm. i mean the the grass was amazing the field was amazing the whole, I mean, you can't screw it up there. Yeah. They do a terrific job. That's why they want NFL teams because they know they can do a great job. It's great publicity for the Greenbrier. And, you know, we'll see how it goes in future years. But here you are, second consecutive year. The Saints did, what, three years? For three years. The fifth consecutive year. They have an NFL team doing training camp. And they've had numerous other teams come in for stops, quick stops, West Coast teams going east, whatever. Yeah. So, They've done a good job, and and they deserve to have teams there. I know the Cardinals did it in 2015. That was caught. On, that was captured on All or Nothing, where they mm-hmm. played Pittsburgh, and I think it was the Giants. I think they played both of them. So they went to the Greenbrier, and I remember at the Greenbrier they signed Dwight Freeney. Oh yeah, and so they did that. But it was weird because look, I was trying. I went back to watch that episode to kind of gather like, what does this place look like? What's it gonna? When we walked on the field for that first show, it was different. Wasn't I it? was like. Whoa! Yeah. I mean, you just see the mountains in the background, and you go. I, we would go and stand on the the bleachers in the far end zone, and you look back at the Greenbrier, and it's just this view is beautiful. Oh, it's and incredible! We, we show it to you, by the way, and we're talking about it here, but you're going to see it on all our social media platforms. We'll do the Foursquare stuff. That was a big hit last year. The players play Foursquare before practice every day they get out early to do it and we had the foursquare network we did. we'll feature all of that coverage for you on houstontexans.com and beyond we are looking forward to that that will lead into a four-game preseason mm-hmm. and then what i really want to talk about mark the new england patriots we really do start the season now i'm getting sick now, I know. now i feel that i'm getting nauseous and i need to sort of get smelling salts perhaps Look, I, I've said it before. I do like opening up there, the rip-off-the-band-aid effect. You open with what could be your toughest game. Yep. I mean, it really could be. Yep. Well, how is it not? Well, you're playing the defending Super Bowl champs, and you're playing the other team that was in the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots, that could have won. Yep. So you're playing the two Super Bowl participants from a year ago. That doesn't always translate into tough stuff. I remember the San Diego Chargers did this in 1983. No, it was 82. It was the strike season because in 81, the Bengals and the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Yes. 49ers won their first. 
That was their first meeting in the Super Bowl, not the Montana to John Taylor game. Anyway, the Chargers, who I was a huge fan of then, played them back-to-back. And Ooh. the only reason I bring it up right now, it was back-to-back. And one of them was a Monday night game. The first game was against the 49ers, and they broke every passing record combined in an NFL game Chargers in that game. Niners, the yeah. Chargers and Niners. <laughs> the next week, it was Fouts against Kenny Anderson with the Bengals, really great Bengals team. Yep. And they broke the records again. So that's how amazing the Chargers were on offense and how bad their defense was that back-to-back weeks. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen with the Texans, and they obviously don't play the Super Bowl participants back-to-back, but we're going to see some records fall this year. This offense plays the way it did. Mm -hmm. They play up to their capability. You're going to see some record-setting stuff here by this Houston offense. And, look, the Texans under Kubiak – 08, 09, 2010, they put up some really amazing offensive numbers yardage-wise. Not so much scoring, but yardage-wise. We're going to see some points scored this year. This is going to be a lot of fun. So let's play this out. Okay. Brandy Cooks is is an L.A. Ram. Yes, thank you. Thank you for going there. Danny Amendola is a Miami Dolphin. Mm -hmm. We'll see Danny, but it will be on a Thursday night game here. Yep. So those two are out of the mix. Julian Edelman is back after ACL tear. In 2017, but he, but he will miss the first four games. Mm-hmm. So that leaves a wide receiver core of Chris Hogan, who we know. Yeah, he's good. Jordan Matthews, who has bounced from the Eagles to the Bills, now to the Patriots. Malcolm Mitchell, who missed all of last year with an injury. He could be pretty good. Which he was. He would have been a second-year guy. Philip Dorsett, who started in Indy, then got traded in the Jacoby Brissett trade. And Cordero Patterson. They also have Kenny Britt. They drafted Braxton Berrios, and they have a former Texan, Riley McCarron. So with no Cooks, no Edelman, no Amendola, now you throw Gronk into that mix, but mm-hmm. the other tight ends, Dwayne Allen and Troy Nicholas, well, the Gronk thing is pretty significant. Ends. So they've got Gronk and Hogan. Mm-hmm. Last year we faced Gronk, Hogan, Amendola, Cooks. Yeah. How do you think that Patriots offense in week one without – those pieces that Brady is so familiar with, how do you think that changes things for Brady? Or do you think it does at all? No, it definitely changes things for him. And I think your larger point here is going to be it's going to take time to gel. Yep. Or that's the hope, anyway, right. that week one they're not going to be as good as they will be week 10. And I think every team in the league is going to say that if they stay healthy. But with the Patriots, you know, it's Tom Brady. They're going to do a lot. Well, he missed OTAs. Mm-hmm. You know, the timing with these guys, OTAs, is that important? I think it is. It's not like they have a veteran group where we got all this down and we just have to kind of get it back. He's got to get it in the first place. Boy, Riley McCarron just seems like such a patriot, doesn't he? he? And we had him here. Braxton Berrios, too. Berrios as well. Yeah, and then the Dorsett thing I got to see. I'm not sure. I don't know what to make of him. And the Patterson thing, you know he's got gobs of talent. They're going to find a way to make him make big plays. But I would hope that Romeo Cornell can figure out a way to at least slow those guys down. You know, the the Gronk thing is a huge factor. Hogan's real good. We've seen him do his thing. But who made the big plays last year for them? You know, Cooks. Cooks. Uh, Gronk definitely yep. did. Didn't Amendola have Amendola a big had catch? that big catch right before Cooks' touchdown catch. Was that the one where it could have, would have, should have? Well, there was, oh, yeah, he did. That long crossing what route was the, over uh, the sideline. The one that Corey Moore couldn't hang on to. Who was that intended for? That was for, for Cooks. That was for Cooks as well. That was for Cooks. The Cooks TD pass, every time I watch it, I'm like, how? Yeah. Uh, anyway, look, it's the Patriots. They get the benefit of a doubt. 
Are you going to tell me that Brady, if, if those guys stay relatively healthy, it's still going to be another 4,000-yard season. Of course. And give them like 35, 40 touchdown passes, and, you know, they're off and running offensively. They're going to be fine. But week one, it does worry me. If I'm, if I'm a Patriots fan, it does worry me that I got Jordan Matthews, who's never played with Brady. Cordell, Pat- Cordell Patterson's never played with Brady. Malcolm Mitch, who only played as a rookie with Brady. Mm-hmm. Philip Dorsett, who only played a handful of games last year with Brady. Riley McCarron's never played with him. Braxton Berrios has never played with him. All you and Edelman's gone, Amendola's gone, and Cooks is gone. Those guys are well, Edelman and Amendola in particular, two he relied upon. Those are all guys that have never played with Brady. And how many times have we talked about it as a as media, national media, whatever, talking about Brady saying, "Well, he just doesn't have a rapport with these receivers. Doesn't have a rapport with these receivers because they're all new." Well, this is one of those situations. I think for the last couple of years, he is. I don't want to say falling into a trap, but it was, I got Edelman, I got Amendola, I got Hogan. Those guys all know where to be. Right. And then you throw Cooks in the mix last year instead of Edelman. He never, it never really started. I guess the Texans it did because Jonathan Banks was covering him. But that's mm-hmm. a different story altogether. But it never really, it never really clicked for those two, mm-hmm. which makes me think that guys like Matthews and Patterson and Dorsett, it may not click with them either. To me, I think Brady is going to have to rely on his running backs. I think Rex Burkhead... Sony Michelle's a rookie. He's going to, have to rely on him. James White's still there, but then they added Jeremy Hill from Cincinnati. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up running the football a little bit more just to give Jeremy, just to take some of that pressure well, off of Brady and the receivers. I, well, there you go. That's the question. No solder. So do you start Isaiah Wynn, a rookie at left tackle? If you do, if you start Isaiah Wynn at left tackle. J.J. Watt healthy, clowny, merciless. Exactly. The, exactly. Bing, Take bang, turns. bong. You They'll get be taking those numbers. Like, who gets them now? I want them. No, it's my turn. And I say when's going to be a good football player. They, they all a want a free list. They're all on that side. Like, guys, you, you really should spread out a little bit. <laughs> They're fighting like third They're years. stacked up. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's my turn. It's my turn. Well, and I kind of hope that's what happens. You know, when you look at the score at the end of the day, you're like, well, geez, they didn't make any stops. The Texans made stops last yep, year in that they game. They made some stops. Now, the Patriots had some misfires, but Brady had to rush a few throws. He knew the rush was coming. He had to get yep. rid of the football. I mean, he's no dummy. He knows right. it's on its way. And how did that game begin? Watt with back-to-back TFLs. Yep. They made some defensive plays. It's so funny. It's kind of like the the playoff game with Brock, you know, and the defense <sighs> playing so well for so long. And then you look up at the end of the night, and he still puts up 30-plus on right. you. And you're thinking – Geez, didn't you just play a good defensive game? How'd they get thirty? You know, give me a number. Give me a number. Well, think about those for 30, opening though. day. No. What's an acceptable number of points allowed in that game for you to get over the hump and beat them? I mean, twenty-eight. Well, I, and and just the fact that you said that it's because it's New England, right? And you're thinking you can beat them because you can put up more than twenty-eight on yep. that defense with what you got with Watson coming back. But that's kind of, I mean, you're gonna. Sp- not spot them, but in this argument, yeah. sort of spot them 28 points. And I'm thinking 28 is unacceptable going into any game defensively. I, I know, but that I, I almost said 24, but then I thought, you know, 28. If you I hold mean, them to 24, that's well, like a shutout against New England. Here's, it here, feels like it. Here are two things to think about when, when you think about facing New England. In, in that playoff game, Deion Lewis did run a, punt, or run a kickoff back for a touchdown. That was one touchdown. And then they got one of their touchdowns after the Brock interception from really the ball inside the 10. Now I, really, I, I do want to throw up. So now. that was like. That, Did that really happen? That's like three touchdowns. Like Deion Lewis points. returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Yep. That was after in week three, you fumbled two kickoffs. 
And Deion Lewis returns one for a touchdown in a playoff game. So really, and, and you still have a chance to win this game. That he did that, and you're still down fourteen thirteen in the second quarter with the ball at the forty nine yard you're line. Down first 20, and ten. You're down twenty four sixteen in the fourth quarter with the ball in your hands, and then of course that turns into thirty one sixteen because Brock throws a pick. So that was two touchdowns you gave to him. I had no faith in the offense doing anything down no. eight. But I know what you mean. You still have but, the ball. And if you had Watson, you're coming down the field and you're at least, you know, you got a chance. Well, my bigger point there is you really only gave up 21 points to the Patriots that night, relatively speaking. The, the, the playoff game. The playoff game. Yeah. Last year, if you come up with a stop at the end of the game and you mm-hmm. had two opportunities with a fumble, recovery potentially, or an interception, you win the game. You would have held them to 21 as well because, remember, they got the 7 off the Stephon Gilmore interception. They got the – Stephon Gilmore ran it back inside the 10. Oh, and yeah. they scored a couple plays later. So you only really gave up 21 in that game What as was well. that pick like? I forgot about that uh, pick. Hopkins went deep and, and missed – I don't know if he misread or Sean misread it, but Sean got rid of it and Gilmore was right yeah. there and picked it off. But the point being, you have played pretty well, but you have given them essentially a couple of, you know, a couple of scores. Yeah. Because you weren't able to capitalize on turnovers caused, and then you gave up a kick return, and then you gave, and then two interceptions led to touchdowns in, in the same game. If you don't turn a ball over, if you don't give them a touchdown, you have a chance to hold them to 21 points. Mm-hmm. Now you certainly could score more than 21 against them. You know, you could write a script where you go out of there with another heartbreaking loss and it's a close game. You could easily do that. And you know what? Ha- saying that right now. I mean, no one wants to accept that, and I right. refuse to accept it. But you're playing the New England Patriots at their place opening day. Yeah. You know, you are. And they're the defending AFC champions, and they're the freaking Patriots. So this is going to be – I mean, give me – I don't know. There's got to be a line out on the game, but what is it? I think for a while it was not out there because you had Deshaun still rehabbing and you had right. Brady. I don't know. Nobody knows if he's coming back. Well, come on. These guys are going to play in that game and, and they're going to be The line's like going to be seven. It's good. Yeah, I think, I think seven, the line's seven. It feels like seven. Patriots seven. So I will not put in the call, having said that, they cover if they lose by five. <laughs> I will not do that, I promise. Texans cover. There'll be plenty of, there'll be plenty of interest from maybe, that angle. Maybe given- it's... Yeah. Given the love for sports gambling now around the country. Yeah, maybe but, in 20 years that's going to be the uh, the standard. But, you, know, you put that in the calls like Al Michaels subtly does okay. it. So, mm-hmm. All right. So I tell you instead 28, I say the Patriots get 21. You beating them? You better beat them with 21. My gosh, you better beat them with yeah. 21. I mean, if Watson's playing, you better beat them. Yeah. You better put up 24 points against New England. Yes. I, yeah, you can do that. But I think that this defense. Hell, the Chiefs full- gave up. Or the Chiefs scored 42. Yeah. The opener last year. It's everything we've always talked about, and I know you like to reinforce this point that you've been there a number of times now. This should not be any big revelation going into that building right. and, and, and the outfield song and the whole bit. Oh, I don't want to hear that damn song. Josie's on a vacation. No, we're not going to hear that this year. Oh. I, I think, if nothing else, that should be the goal. That, last year, <laughs> I thought... Even like in the fourth quarter, at some point I was thinking, even if we lose this game, we're not going to hear that song. So that's a, a small win, like moral victory. And then they not, snuck it in right after Cook touched it in. Out. I was so mad. I was so mad. And one of our one of my buddies on Twitter, Mr. Yas Sports, was like, they're playing that damn song. I was like, I know. I know. You know I don't want to hear it. If the Texans had somehow miraculously pulled that one out after that, that oh, would have been the sweetest thing it ever. It would have been the best. I was watching America's game the other day. And they had some sound effects going, and Edelman was talking to Malcolm Mitchell on the sideline, and you could hear that song in the background. I just, I wanted to hurl. I wanted oh, yeah. to hurl. It's the worst thing oh. ever. 
It's terrible uh, when you're in that building and they play the song. And it's something you really can't absorb when you're watching the game on TV. But believe me, we will let you know from the booth that the song is not being played and the Texans are coming away with an opening day victory at New England. Oh, that would be nice. Mark, appreciate it. Thanks, Johnny. Coming up next, how about a football guilty pleasures draft? Drew Doherty, D.P. Sidhu, myself, right here, Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Each and every Wednesday leading up to the NFL Draft, I, your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter, love doing a draft of some sort. I've said many times how much I love doing drafts, and I try to come up with a different topic each Wednesday night. And one of them I came up with I thought was apropos in the summer. You know, summer's all about guilty pleasures. You know, eating corn dogs down on the Jersey Shore, playing 18 holes of golf at your favorite golf course, reading Us magazine. Hey, whatever floats your boat. So I figured, why not do a football guilty pleasures draft? And we did this leading up to the 2018 draft, probably in February or March. But I figured in the summer, it's a good time to go back and think about guilty pleasures. It's the summer's all about, right? Well, D.P. Sidhu, Drew Doherty, and myself did a football guilty pleasures draft. D.P. kicked it off, and I thought that she came up with a perfect one to start the show. Here is our Football Guilty Pleasures draft. DP, you want to go first and kick us off? Yes, Would you I'll like go first. Me to, you want me to kick it off? Uh, let's let DP go. Okay, let's oh. let DP go. Then I want to go next. DP, then Drew, then me. <laughs> yeah. Johnny has to go and last. And we won't snake draft. We're going to we'll snake just go, it? We'll, no, yeah, we'll just, yeah. You we'll can just, snake it. It's fine. Okay, we'll snake it then. All right, so DP, that you, you guys go first. Mine, mine is one that is not really – it's more about the game, kind of. Yeah. Uh, touchdown celebrations. <laughs> because growing up – you could do touchdown celebrations. I would watch the highlights every week to see touchdown celebrations across the league. Then they went away. Then we were really sad. We still mm-hmm. got to see them from time to time. And then they come back. And now with NFL Network, they re they replay mm-hmm. the best celebrations on of the Monday week mornings, yeah. on Monday morning. I don't know why I'm so entertained by that segment. I die laughing because then they try to recreate them, which is never, ever even close to what the original was. And I'm like, it's like 630 in the morning. I'm dying laughing. And my husband's like, this is the least <laughs> – like technical part of the game, and you're so into it, I'm, and it, it's just a guilty pleasure. I just think it shows personality. It's entertaining. It's fun. Even if it's a player from a different team, I can get into it. I could watch those all day long. You crushed it. That was actually one of oh, my was list. It? I, take, I felt like I you guys would be like, "That's too frivolous." That's a good no, one. That's a perfect right. one. That's right. ex- you got it exactly. Okay, it was the first thing that came to my mind. All right, all right. true. Mine's kind of nerdy, but whenever anyone, whether it's a college game or a an NFL game brings up time of possession. I always smile and just think to my days in Lubbock after having to interview Mike Leach after every game and hearing him answer questions. I never asked him because I, I heard, I learned early on he hated this, but Texas Tech never won time of possession when they were out there right. ever. I mean, it was rare, but they win, they win more often than not most of their ball games, you know, uh, 
he got so mad about time of possession. It's it's not it's, the points on the scoreboard are more important than time of possession. Who cares if you win time of possession if you don't score the football? So anytime anyone brings up time of possession, I really laugh. Now it's an important stat, I think, and you win time of possession, yeah. you usually win the game. But they they kind of bucked that trend while while he was out there. Except for in his la- the last that 2008 season when they were awesome, they did win time of possession a lot. Yeah. Just hearing the words "time of possession" every single time, it makes me smile <laughs> and think good. of Mike Leach just squinching up his face and bobbing <laughs> his head and getting angry about time of possession. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. All That's right. my weird guilty pleasure. Sorry. All right. So this this is mine, and I I thought about this when Warren Moon was here. Because I used to think that Warren Moon threw the most majestic ball there ever was. And it really hit me again because being in the building, we really haven't seen a lot of deep balls. But in Seattle, when Deshaun launched that ball deep and just watching it in the air for as long as it was and it connected to Will Fuller for a touchdown, one of my most guilty pleasures is the bomb. Yeah. Seeing a completed Mm -hmm. long ball like that one, to just see that spiral in the air and just watch it like, I mean, I was, it was, I was, I could watch that play a million times. The completed bomb that is going to be my first guilty pleasure. It's a good one. That's All a right, really good one. Oh, back wait, it snake. snakes back Let's to me, snake. right? It snakes back to me. Okay, you guys know I love NFL films. Mm-hmm. A lot of different ways I could go with Who this. Does? What weirdo doesn't like I'm, NFL films? <laughs> but like, I'm I'm probably more weird than other than others. They're the because, gold standard. I, mean. I know. I, I I just love it. There's so many different ways you could go with this, but. I fell in love. I love documentaries. Mm-hmm. But to me, when America's Game for NFL Network came out, they did the top 20 Super Bowl teams of all time. If America's Game is on television or anywhere near me, I will watch it. I will I will watch, in air quotes, as I'm driving home in my car. I'll just put on the sound Dangerous. so I can listen okay. to it. I don't watch it. Okay. I just Not listen to it. <laughs> so my second one is America's Game on NFL Network. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like it. I like it. All right. Drew, next. The Navy fight song. I like it. I don't watch much Navy football, but every couple years I'll hear their Navy fight song. It's called Anchors All Way. Yeah. Like A-W-E-I-G-H. So I just love it. I like that song. You know what's great? And, Above and, all other fight songs, that's the one I love. That's your favorite? Yeah, I didn't go to Navy or anything. I I'm not going to pick like this Michigan's, one. I like Michigan's, even though I hate Michigan. Yeah. My dad taught me that Michigan fight song when I was five. I don't know why. I know how to play that on the xylophone or the whatever. The... You know what's also one of my guilty pleasures is that Army-Navy at the end of the game, when the game's over, the team that wins sings second. And I, lo- I just love watching that team who's won. They have to wait for the other team, but then when they do, it's just this eruption. Mm-hmm. I love it. Good one, Drew. All right, DP, you get this last pick, and then you get to start off the third round. Oh, okay. Uh, mine is along the lines of college football. I love college game day signs. Oh, yeah. Signs that's a good on one. college Dang game it. day. That's a really good one. That's really good. I, I don't even care what they're talking about, but I'm just, like, watching the signs, and I'm so, I don't know. I'm so entertained by the trash talking and the creativity, like – I, Jim Harbaugh was on once, or Michigan was playing, and they had, like, all these signs about Jim Harbaugh. One was, like, Jim Harbaugh wears off-brand khakis, and yes. Jim Harbaugh uses yes. Snapchat filters, and, 
doesn't wait his turn in the pretzel line. Jim like, Harbaugh loves Nickelback stuff. Yeah, Nickel, like yeah, stuff like that. Like, it's just so... No offense all you Nickelbackers out there. It's just yeah. the most <laughs> random trash talking, and I'm so entertained. And every now and then you'll see... Like, I remember when we went to... Uh, in 2013, we went to San Diego... And it was week one opening day, and they had a bunch of those those big heads, the big cutouts. Yeah, yeah. big fat yeah, heads. Yeah, big yeah, fat yeah. heads were in, and somebody brought, like, all of our players' heads, mm-hmm. the big heads. It was, like, Brian Cushing, Earl Mitchell, um, was it Arian? There were, like, three or four of them, and I was I, – I, I love – Signs that just are kind of fun and, and make the game game day fun. signs. Game College day signs. Game day signs. College game day signs. Pro really game good. days. The Very pro good. the pro game day signs need to up. College to game day. The students get very creative. So good. Very, very good. All right, you kick off the third round. My third one is a little bit nerdier. I love mic'd up. I love anything mic'd up. I don't know why. I just feel like I'm in on a conversation that I'm not supposed to be in on, even though everybody knows the guy's mic'd up. Yeah. But I'll watch mic'd up from anything. And I love it when they trash talk to each other or they're having a conversation about something that has nothing to do with the game. Uh, I'll I'll watch mic'd up all day, any day. I could just watch them back to back to back to back. That's outstanding. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, Drew, your turn. Neck rolls. <laughs> I love seeing 1980s footage of the NFL and seeing some of these guys with the neck rolls and just how people wore their uniforms differently back then. I love seeing that stuff and and bodies were shaped differently back then. They weren't as muscled up as there's a lot of a lot of more marmadukey looking guys, you yeah. know, with like lots of limbs and kind of you know rangier. But yeah, I just love seeing neck rolls. It always right. cracks me up. We'll and, go. Big, and goofy face masks, yeah, oh, no less. Goofy that, face masks. One yes. B. Did you like the bullhorn? I used to love that was a cool the bullhorn. One, that, that the single, the single, uh, the single bar, single bar for non-kickers. <laughs> you know, I mean, for non-kickers. That was <laughs> a wild. Joe Theismann, and yeah. All right, we'll go. That. We'll go four rounds. So I'll finish up the third, and then we'll do the fourth. And these last two, my last two, are going to be very, very nerdy, and probably tell, tell the reason why I am, what, where I am, and what I'm doing. But the last one in the third round is, I. I could listen, and I'm pandering to my boss in some sense, I could listen to Mark's end-of-game call against the Colts in 2015 when A.J. Boye comes up with the interception. Hasselbeck gets the snap. He's going to go long, deep down the middle of the field, and it's intercepted by A.J. Boye. Boye runs across the 45 and slides down, and the Texans are going to do it. They're going to finally beat the Colts in Indianapolis. I could listen to that Sheer joy. all day long. Sheer joy. Oh, it was Fantastic. I was as happy for Mark as I was I know. for the team. I know. I was I, the whole time. In, in the and he's always was, so nervous at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'll see him before the game. I'll see him at halftime. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. I just hate this place. I, I hate this place like poison. I was very happy for and him. And so after he makes that call to AJ, he throws it down to me. And I, I'm like, cel- I'm like down on the, I'm the sideline <laughs> celebrating, celebrating with everybody. Yeah. And he throws it. Hey, let's go to John. And like, I'm in half in tears. And I was like, can't talk. <laughs> but then the next day, which I, I heard the call, but I didn't really – it didn't really register because there's so much going on. I'm watching the, I'm watching everything, so I didn't really hear it. The next day, I heard him play it. I was like, that was really good. Like I told him, I said, that was excellent. I could listen to him make that call. He had a lot of years to time. prepare for that call, he did. Johnny. He did. He had that one. <laughs> he had that one uh, ready to go. That's a good one. And my last one is, now he's synonymous with college football, but he also did the very first year of Monday Night Football. But to mm-hmm. me, he is the voice of mm. football in my mind, and that's Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson, I could listen to any game that Keith Jackson's doing, whether it's Keith Jackson and, and Frank Broyles, Keith Jackson and Greasy. I could listen to Keith Jackson all day long. He was good game. on baseball, too. Man. He was. He was very he was good. a really good baseball Keith Jackson too. was – it just it spoke volumes to me, and it's obviously as I was 
you know, in young adulthood, moving on into adulthood. But he just passed away recently, and that was one of my – that was one of the things I always wanted to do. I always wanted to meet him and talk, just talk to him about college football because he'd covered it all. But didn't get that opportunity. But uh, my Keith Jackson, man, that dude – I could listen I, – I could listen to him call a game. When he, when he was in his heyday, he was fantastic. All right, Drew. Okay, uh, I'm going to go – I've got a couple honorable mentions. I'm not going to go with he- Devin Hester. Mm. I'm not going to go with the early 80s uniforms of the SMU Mustangs. I'm going to go with <laughs> return touchdowns, whether it's an interception return, a punt return, oh, okay. or a kickoff return. Because offensive touchdowns, for the most part, are typically choreographed. True. You know? Yeah. There was a plan there. It's chaos with a return. I mean, and I know, you know, punt return, that's what special teams coaches try yeah. to set up. They try, But still, I mean, it's oh, a lot of times it's, it's making one guy miss and then weaving through other things. I love returns for touchdowns. I want to see more of them for the touchdowns, or excuse me, for the Texans specifically in 2018. That's what I like. That's very good. TP, last pick of the Football Guilty Pleasures draft. Um, I was going to give an honorable mention to my favorite plays. Oh, we can rifle through some if you want, because okay. i got a whole list of them I think here. I think Hail Mary and Fake Punt are mm, right up there with the, one, yeah. the trick plays. that. At uh, least three times a game, I nudge you and say, hey, watch out for the fake here. <laughs> it's coming right here. And most of the time you're wrong, but every now and then. I think uh, I've been wrong every single time, except much, for yeah. at New York be, in, nice. um, in 2014. Yeah. I was trying to be nice. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to go super frivolous on this one at the risk of – totally grilling out here. Uh, we get on the plane and all the players on the road games, uh, they're dressed up in their suits or whatever they're going to wear on yeah. game day. They wear them usually the, the day of travel as well. So I get a window seat and I like to look at the window and see what everybody's wearing because I think it's just, I'm so entertained by their fashion choices. Yeah. We see them, you know, in their jerseys all week long, but, and I won't name any names, but like I saw a totally sequined jacket this year. By a non-starter, total like sequined out to the nines, like he was sparkling in the sun. Um, seen velvet. Uh, we talked about Ben Jones and the all camouflage, oh, yeah, he was head good. to toe with the, the camouflage luggage. Uh, we I have, have seen. We've seen a lot of different things. We've seen hats. We've seen accessories. We've seen shoes. Uh, but I, I really like that. I, I think that you get to really. See, I think the players enjoy it because. Well, the ones that enjoy dressing up. I don't think yeah. the old linemen love it. I don't think Vince Wilfork liked it. He would just yeah. wear like pants and a t-shirt. He yeah, he, he just was, he was like, he was I not do it. not care about this day. But I really like that because I think also with our jobs we do a lot of cool things, and that's yeah. something that a lot of fans don't get to see. Yeah, home true. games are different because you know it's home games. More although casual. Although Deontay Foreman and uh, Bruce Ellington wore the same <laughs> outfit once, and I was talking to him in the locker room like, well, how? Like it's a crazy looking shirt. It's not even like a standard white like shirt. Like olive pants. And they both were olive pants. Yeah. And so um, I think it was Bruce Ellington's fiance. She said, oh, I got I got him this shirt at Zara. <laughs> but, like, I didn't know. Like, how did I know that somebody else would wear yeah, it the that same fun. day? Super fun. So I, nice. I, enjoy, I enjoy that. All right, Drew, you got any more honorable mention? Uh, I have another one. Give your honorable mention. I like it when players interview other players. Oh, Jack TV? KJAC TV is one. I really like Spice Adams from the Bears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, his dancing is just, like, on point. He did a whole video about why his minivan is so tremendous with Pat McAfee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, love, I love radio, so I love it when other people do radio really well, and that's not even their main job. They're players that just become really good radio hosts. You know who did a good job in the locker room for the Vikings was Brian Robinson. Yeah. For like, Texas defensive end. All right, Drew. I like snow games. Oh, Games yes. in the snow are always fun to watch. They're yes, very they good. All right, here are the ones that I came up with, just rapid fire. DeAndre Hopkins, one-hand catches. Love them. 
I love the Texas Bowl. Uh, there's something about that game just being here. I love it. Old school, like way back 60s, San Diego Chargers, Powder Blues. Clowny hit on Michigan player I could watch over again. The potato salad in the press box. Before <laughs> that is good. Games. Yeah, that is good. It's outstanding. <laughs> it's really good. Pre-game hype videos. I love them. Pre-game I, hype I videos, I can watch yeah. our hype video all the time. I love night games on the road. I love Al Pacino's speech on any given Sunday. And I like QB1, which is Beyond the Lights of the show. I'm trying to get you guys to watch, but you're not watching it. I it just about, heard about is it about, is it about one quarterback or is it about three quarterbacks? <laughs> oh, Drew, you're so silly. It's about the starting quarterback, QB1. Now three starting quarterbacks, including Justin Fields, the number one quarterback in the country from a Georgia high school. Sort of like the Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who played at Gainesville High School in Georgia. And those two were actually pictured together as Deshaun was doing some teaching of Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins, the new quarterback at Ohio State, more than likely. On Twitter, I saw that about a week ago, that they're all working together down in Georgia, getting some work done at Deshaun, doing the coaching there, which is pretty cool. So keep an eye on Justin Fields, quarterback in Georgia. Now he's behind Jake Fromm, who was also on QB1 in its inaugural season, which is fantastic. So go check it out on Go90. Speaking of Drew, he will join us next. Drew Doherty of Texas TV. Dear Drew, right here on Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans, joined by my good friend, Drew Doherty. What's going on, Drew? Not much. How you been, John? Well, it, I've, I missed you, bro. I know that. Oh, well. I missed you. I know, you know you, you've been away for a couple days and trying to get some vacay, and we'll be out next week on vacay. So Yes. Uh, well, next week, though, is the officers shut down. Yeah, that's – No one works next week. They're right. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I just that. butted my vacation days up against that. So. Smart. I am. I'm a smart guy. I've been very around. smart. <laughs> you've, been, you've been around. Mark said this earlier in the first segment, and it got me thinking. I thought it would be a good segment for us to do. Okay. Today is Wednesday the 27th. Hmm. We are four weeks away mm-hmm. to the day. Flying up through Greenbrier. Now, I say that. I'm actually flying up the day before because my kids are flying up with me. They're going to stay with me for a week at the Greenbrier. But team is flying up on Wednesday. Report Wednesday the 25th. They'll do their conditioning. They'll get on a plane, fly to the Greenbrier. Training camp is four weeks away. Yes. As I start to think about that, four weeks, we can start to get pumped and excited about training camp. What are, what are some of the things about the Greenbrier, training camp, preseason, whatever else that gets you excited thinking about it being that close. Is this on-the-field stuff? It could be whatever. It could be on-the-field. I got a little of both, you know, if you want. All right. Should we start with some football and then – Let's start with some football. Okay. Well, I want to see what what happens at the tight end position. Oh, good one. Because I think the Texans have lots of – obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. I think Kiki QT is going to have a lot to say about the success of this offense this year. Yep. But what about the tight end position? It was really – Banged up last year because of concussion. Now you lose C.J. Fedorowicz to retirement. Mm -hmm. Ryan Griffin looks like he's coming back. He's going to be strong. But behind Ryan Griffin, there are lots of question marks. you got Steven Anderson, who led that group in yards, catches, etc. Everything last year, yeah. 
But he's going to have some challenges from these two rookies that were drafted, as well as some of these pickups. He's got Matt Lingle, yeah, big dude. He caught everything that came his way during OTAs. Yep. He got open and open and open again, time after time after time. I think he's going to have a lot to say about things. So I'm just very, very curious how this all shakes out because I know the Texans are going to want to maybe stash some of these guys in the practice squad, and I don't think they're going to be able to. I think you're right. When you think about last year with C.J., Ryan, and Steven at tight end, three tight ends, well, C.J.'s gone, obviously. If they keep only three tight ends, which I don't know that they will do, but no. if they keep only three tight ends and they're going to keep both rookies, Jordan Akins, Jordan Thomas. Somebody's the odd man out. Somebody, either Ryan Griffin or Steven Anderson's odd man out. Mm-hmm. My guess is because they're going to rely on the tight ends, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept four. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if four. Now, that still doesn't mean that, that Ryan and Steven are absolutes. Right. But, man. You you have some competition there. I remember when CJ retired, when that that was made known that he was going to retire. And I think in the back of our minds, we thought it was a possibility. You and I talked about that on a few shows on and off the air about that, whether he would be back. And I think we were like, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I wouldn't be surprised either way. But when it did happen, when it became when it became a hundred percent that he was retiring. I know there were a lot of people in this town. Oh, you got to get Jimmy Graham. You got to go get this tight end. You got to go get Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. I think when I look at that tight end position now, I feel I feel pretty confident about yeah. what they have there. Because you always got to even if you, they didn't get Jimmy Graham, you or Eric always got to remember who else is around them catching the ball, meaning the other positions. Like mm-hmm. you, you got to think that the catches at the slot receiver position will rise this year. You got to think yep. Will Fuller's catches will rise this year with with his third year in the league, and I think improved health, all that stuff. So that's going to take away from maybe your tight end spot. Maybe not. Yeah. But I don't think you're ever going to see, or at least not anytime soon, you're not going to see what we saw two years ago at this tight end position where Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage went again and again and again to those yep. guys because they couldn't go deep. They couldn't couldn't find the deep ball like Deshaun Watson has been right. able to. Yeah, and Deshaun can spread it out to everybody. Yeah. Backs, tight ends wide receivers, all the wide receivers. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's going to be fascinating. All right. I got something else. What it's else? very random. Uh, you, as you know, I'm kind of, I've am i got some old man tendencies. Um, <laughs> I can be crotchety I like the, at times. Like, I like the way you put that. So, and I, I embrace that. I, I know who I am now. I'm yeah. comfortable with who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of White Sulphur Springs, probably about 15 minutes, there's this place called the Salt Caves. It's oh, got yeah. A, it's got a different name i can't remember and it, i hope it's still there yeah but it's basically this um spa kind of place like they do massages and everything but yeah. they've got this room that's a big dome room and on the on the floor of the room is probably about a foot of himalayan sea salt and it's like really good for your like everything right uh as far as health yeah and so i had a I had a pretty bad sinus infection last year. You did. I remember that, yeah. To the point where one doctor was like, you need to have surgery on this. And I just I wasn't going to get surgery because I hadn't missed a day of work. I, right. Like, that's, by principle, I'm not going to get surgery because of that. Yeah. So uh, I went to this the, these these salt caves about four or five times. And, I mean, I haven't had any problems since. So it's we just, like, lay down, basically kind of take a nap yeah. for, like, an hour. But you inhale all the, and you're inhaling all the salt, and yeah, you're better. So I'm looking forward to that. That's pretty. That mm-hmm. I remember when you said you went there, and I, I remember you having a really bad 
I remember I sounded like Tommy tuberculosis. Yeah, I kept <laughs> sounded, coughing and yeah, it, was it was tough. Awful. It was tough. But then you went to that salt cave. I'll give you one if you're going up to the Greenbrier and you're looking for something to do. No, ma- no matter how many days you're up there. Speaking of caves. Yeah, speaking of caves. <laughs> the Lost World Caverns. Yeah, yeah. When we flew in last year, and Lewisburg Airport's not big. When you fly to Lewisburg Airport, there's only one way out. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a two-lane road out. And then you get on to two-lane road, and then that takes you where you're going to the Greenbrier, you're going to the hotel or wherever where we mm-hmm. were last year. So when we turned onto that two-lane road out of the airport, I saw this sign. It just said, Lost World Caverns. Yeah. And it said, like, two miles this way or something. I thought, what is this? And so I did a little did a little research on it, like, oh, this, this is pretty cool. So my son spent about three days with me last year up there, and... I said, you want to go try this out? You want to go check this thing out? I have no idea what this is all about. Well, let's go do this. He goes, yeah, yeah. He was kind of up for everything, and it said, look, it's like 50 degrees hmm. when you do this. It's about an hour all the way around the trail. So wear you know, jeans or wear a it's jacket. Basically, you're hiking through a cave. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so what they've, what they've, we started walking down. As we were walking down, we could feel it getting colder and colder and colder because hmm. it was like 80 outside. Right. And so we just keep going down and down tops. and down. And then all of a sudden, as you get down to the bottom, this it just opens up, and you see what almost looks like the Grand Canyon, like hundreds of feet below huh. the below the earth. And you just walk, and they've got a trail set up, kind of winding all the way through. And then they've got little placards that tell you how long that particular stalactite or stagmite, whatever it's mm-hmm. called, how long that's been there. You can see it kind of dripping yeah, with water, yeah. with the condensate. I mean, it's it looks just, like icicles, but they're it was stone. Nuts. My son walked out of there and he's like, "Dad, it's one of the coolest things I have ever done." I might need to do that this year. Yeah, it's okay. really cool. Now they've also got this other thing. If you're more adventurous, and this is the one that Jack wants to do too, they've got like a four-hour hike and climb. Like they take you and you wear one of the spelunking, huh? Yeah, you you wear like a work helmet, like a right. hard hat, and then it's got a. It's got a little flashlight on it. I see those at Lowe's all the time, or like the, yeah, the hardware you know stores all the time. About. I want to get one of those, and but so when you, would I ever use it? You know? So you climb up and go over rocks. You get filthy dirty, but apparently mm. everybody does it. They they like it. Yeah. And so Jack wants to do that. My daughter wants to do that. So we're looking forward to that. So if you're going to the Sweet. Greenbrier, that's that's definitely one. The other thing I would suggest, if you have a chance, and I, 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 don't, know if you, I don't know if you got up there. I know that there are plenty of people in this room that are floating around right now getting – uh, set up for 360 taping in a yes. little bit. The bros. The Summit. Oh, yeah, where you all you play get basketball. get up to the Summit, yeah. where we play basketball, See, it's again, the most beautiful, most beautiful thing that I saw that was up to Greenbrier. Again, my old man tendencies, I think if I were to do lateral movements or explosive movements on a sports or in a sports <laughs> yeah. setting, uh, Too much? tendons and, 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 uh, and stuff would explode. So I'm going to so. pass on that because, you know, I swim and yeah. I run and all that stuff. Oh, but, you're, you're plenty active. Yeah, but I... Mm-hmm. The change of direction, though, that's it's never really very good at basketball. It's all right, I was a good baseball player. I'm not very good either, but the rest of the guys are. So we make for a good. Yeah. Last year when we went to you Cincinnati, uh-huh. we went to Cincinnati. We had a Thursday night game, and so that's kind of become our thing. If we got a night game or we got an off day, we try and find a place um, to to go ball. Mm-hmm. When we were in, for Hurricane Harvey, we were in Dallas. Yeah, I had to. I was trying. I was like the bounty hunter trying to get a hold of yeah, you. Yeah, you were trying man. to find us, and we were up playing basketball. Hey, so. the bus is leaving, and you guys, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> we, over there. It was it was wild. So when we went to Cincinnati last year, 
on that Thursday night game, we went to a 24-hour fitness. Right. And it was uh, – we had our five, and we go out there, and we ran the court. We ran these dudes, these local townies, like That's right awesome. off the court. So I love it. We'll definitely do that. So if you get up to the summit, if you ever get a chance to get up there and get to the summit, even just to sit there and have a view, it's it's pretty tremendous. So nice. it's good. I'll make sure that you don't tear any Achilles or anything you like that. You know what else I'm looking forward to? Again, with the old man tendencies, lots of sleep. Yeah. Uninterrupted. Just I'll have, be so great. I'll have my family up there with me, so I don't practice doesn't lucky. start till ten forty every day. I mean it's gonna be awesome. That's like I might be able to sleep until eight. I mean that's which is like sleeping until and noon you know what in you'll my do? old days. You'll wake up at six every day. Yeah. Oh I know. You'll wake up five, at six every day. Five thirty. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right though. No, that's cool. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Four I can't wait. I love I love it. I really love it up there. It's yeah. it is gorgeous, gorgeous country. I mean, those are the obvious things you say, what do you like? Just the gorgeous scenery. It's green. It's it's mountainous. And so then, different from what we're used to here. It really so is. Different. I mean, there's so much to look at when you're when you're driving around, walking around, and then it's it never gets above 80, 82. I yeah. mean, it's just it's wonderful. It it's is wonderful. Fun. It is wonderful. Wait. Drew, appreciate it, brother. Thank you, John. Have fun. There you have it. Showing the books. A big thanks to Mark Vandermeer, to Drew Doherty, and DP stopped by for our football guilty pleasures draft. They did a great job with that. We will see you next week, people. Summer celebration time. Yeah, we will have replays of some of the great things that we did this offseason for you as we celebrate America's birthday on July 4th. Hey, but before you end this, have I told you, have you heard the story recently floating around about Britney Spears and Coles when she was shopping? On that note, we'll see you on Monday, everybody. Have a great night, and as always, go Texans.